helping you find your happy place in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Lake City Real Estate is a team of successful professionals committed to helping you elevate your quality of life. Every team member is a trusted real estate advisor who is well-connected, well-informed, customer-focused, and community-minded. Our website is a wealth of information. Go to lakecdarealestate.com for everything you need to know about Coeur d'Alene Real Estate. Whether you are buying, selling, or investing, we promise to provide you with a five-star service every step of the way. Welcome to another episode of Lake CDA Real Estate. I'm Corey Ray, and with me today is Scooter Gillis. What up, y'all? So how was your Father's Day, Scooter? It was pretty good, man. Um, kids, uh, surpri- <laughs> the kids surprised me with uh, gifts that they my wife took them out, and they got me gifts on their own, picked some stuff out. And I've got a, a nine, a six, and a five-year-old, so they were... Um, specifically to things that they thought I liked. So I got a Mandalorian shirt. Nice. <laughs> um, a big, uh, like, boonie hat <laughs> that I wear when I cut grass and stuff like that. So they bought me an extra one of those. Um, got some, my uh, daughter got me some shirts for work, which was pretty thoughtful. But um, to be honest with you, man, they let me do what I wanted to do that day, which was <laughs> I did some yard work. and Nice. Um Got painted the rest of my shed that we got uh, erected in the backyard, and then uh, was able just to get stuff done. It's just like a satisfying day, uh, a man day, and then uh, spent some time cooking later on that evening. We did our first uh, steaks on the grill on the Traeger, and uh, haven't done those yet. Just been smoking things, and so we did use the grill, use the Traeger as a grill for the first time, which was cool. So yeah, man, it yeah, was saw, a very satisfying day. I saw on Facebook, I think. You guys made some sort of apple pie or something? Oh, bro, let me tell you what. Traeger, the Traeger recipes. Well, my wife might have found out, like, through some app, Pinterest or something that she does. Whatever the women do, how they find their secret stuff. uh, Some recipe to do. And she put it in there. She made it. And I put it in there. And we had the the apple pellets. And we smoked it like it told us to do. And it came out, like, legit. It looked pretty good. It was pretty cool, dude. The... (laughs) Every, I don't know, I'm not a, like a dessert guy, a sweet guy or anything like that. So they, uh, my father-in-law and my wife and the kids just ate it up. It was gone. So you had a good weekend is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good weekend, man. They, they got to, you know, do some yard work, cook on the Traeger, hug on my kids. It was good. We had a good, uh, I kind of had an extended Father's Day weekend. Friday we took the boat out on Coeur d'Alene. Ooh. Really nice. Yeah. We actually, the plan was to, go out and then go to Tony's for dinner. So we kind of just put the boat in to go to dinner. And uh, after dinner, you know, it's light until nine o'clock. Yeah. So the kids went wakeboarding and oh, skiing nice, and uh, just watched the sun go down. And it was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Perfect North Idaho life right there. Yeah. So that was my Friday afternoon after work. Um, Saturday was yard work and around the house. Yeah. Uh, some baseball stuff with my son uh, Sunday, we did a hike in Post Falls down by the dam. And uh, that was kind of a last minute yeah. decision. No water, no preparation. Let's go on the hardest 3.2 mile we can find. <laughs> but it was beautiful. We all had a great time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, pushed it even into Monday. Really? My dad called and said, Hey, I want to go for a Harley ride. So, yeah, that's right. You we we rode up to Schweitzer and uh, man, beautiful. Yeah, you got to. 
That's a couple of beautiful bikes too, man. It was so much fun. Yeah, I imagine. Schweitzer, yeah, hit on that real quick. There's a bunch of stuff going on up there. There is. So, uh, yeah, they're building a lot of newer homes. They're building a new... Uh, a big old new hotel. I think it's a hotel. Yeah, it's a huge hotel yeah. right by the Selkirk Lodge. Yeah, real estate's it's really booming up there. For real. you can buy... I mean, where else can you buy on the mountain? Ski in, ski out, brand new. Right. Pretty nice. Yeah, and, and the fact that they're... Um, a lot like Silver Mountain, right? That's in that's the one in Kellogg. Yeah, that a lot like them. They're um, beginning to um, have all year round services. So mountain biking. Um, they're opening up everything for wedding venues. So if you were to own a condo up there and you only used it, you know, a month out of the winter time, you could fill that thing up all year round. That that place is definitely a twelve month vacation rental place for sure this summer so we were just there in the summer yeah it's phenomenal it's like you said the mountain bike the family people having picnics um, they're a little tight right now with the construction because the hotel's right in the middle of the whole thing but um man they rent bikes there you can hike you can bike you can all the summer activities i think they have uh, weekends they have music you know, things like that, live, yeah. live bands in the park and all it's that a stuff. little walkable plaza there that you got little mm-hmm. candy shops and different businesses and stuff in there. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's a short drive, uh, from here. It's a really short drive from Sandpoint. It is. I didn't think, I thought, man, this is going to be a, you know, a big switchback drive back and forth all the way up there. It's not bad at all. The road's pretty wide. I think it's eight miles. It's not bad at all. Yeah. It's not bad. It's, you could spend a nice weekend day. You know, go up to Sandpoint for lunch, you know, spend the day there, and then go up to for the evening, listen to some live music, and then head home. The hardest part is picking which view is the best up the up the hill for the where the skiers come down, or the one l- overlooking the entire eastern state of Idaho, the Panhandle. I'm kind <laughs> of uh, partial to looking at Lake Ponderay. Yeah, I is, like that view. It's kind of nice. Yeah, that yeah. place is. I'd like to spend more time there for sure. Yeah, 100%. I've never never skied there. This winter, definitely going to ski there. It's uh, again, it's a short drive. Everything here is kind of a short drive. Yeah, I I'd agree a hundred percent with that. Even to your your uh, hunting holes or fishing holes or what have you. It's still, we've talked about that before. How such a short drive to get anywhere in the wilderness, the city, um, just anything. Yeah, so on the hike I was telling you about, I always tell my kids, I've got uh, three kids, a 16-year-old son, 13-year-old son, and a 7-year-old daughter. Good kids, by the way. And I always tell them, hey, in summer for sure, always bring a backpack with a swimsuit, sandals, extra shirt, and a towel. Yeah. And some sunscreen and maybe a hat. That's dope. Just at all times, keep it with you. Yeah. So when we were on the trail, they're like, oh, we need water. We need this. I said, where's your backpack, guys? This is what we talk about. <laughs> and it's true up here because literally I keep one in my truck in the back seat because you could be driving along and you see a water, you know, a lake or a river and you're like, man, I want to go jump in that. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's nice to have. And this is the environment that we live in to have that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. My oldest son added an item to the backpack. What? <laughs> he said you should probably have a Glock in there too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, and in, in Idaho, you can. Yeah. You wear it on your chest. 
You never know. You could walk around with two in your hands. You could. <laughs> Wyatt Earp. Yeah. <laughs> you have to grow your Raleigh Fingers mustache. If you're going to walk around with them holstered on each hip, though, I'd, you, I, I'd, I'd, reckon, I'd recommend not the Glock. Maybe like a six-inch nice, stainless three fifty seven. <laughs> you need a nice old revolver. If yeah. you're going to do it, you do it right. Yeah. Right? Um, so something I wanted to talk to you about, since you've been doing it your whole entire life, and we talked about you know, your entire adult life, um, and we talked about Spicer a little bit. Um, you've been extremely successful, one, in the business world, but um, – what has allowed you to free up your your life right now as a young uh, man, basically, is the fact that you've invested in real estate for quite a long time. Um, basically been brought up like that. Um, I want to do that. Um, I'm, I am like on step two of that process and um, have gotten to a point where I've saved up enough money and it's just uh, waiting for the right time. And I've talked to you about this personally. Um, so try to help us out where, like, what do you, like, what's the first step? What do you, what do you, what do you do? Like, how do you, what do you plan for? I would say the first step is to build enough of a safety net or margin into your financial situation that you can make a move on investing in real estate. And it's just all upside. Meaning if the economy tanks, things go sideways, you have a strategy that it's not going to make you go bankrupt. There is no get rich quick magic pill, you know, right. You're going to make a hundred million dollars a year in the first year. <laughs> That's not realistic. Right. It's a, it's a controlled gradual approach to investing. And th so that would be the first step is how much money are we comfortable with on this venture? And then that will guide you into, okay, what types of property will that work in like our what, area when you're when you're talking about saving or, or setting aside this or that what are you what are you setting aside like a down payment wise or are you setting up for emergency so i would recommend you have a down payment you know uh, well you need a down payment to get into the place in the first place right. in addition to that um i would recommend a safety net of okay what if the air conditioning goes out what if the tenants move out yeah what if the place is vacant for a month or two you know, up here in this market, that's non-issue. Yeah. However, you have to plan for it because you'll have sleepless nights, especially your your wife might have sleepless nights if you're on a shoestring every time something happens. Right. But if you set up your budget and you do what works for you and don't do what works for someone else, it, it, you know, if you can afford a $200,000 starter property, then that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Um if you don't want a $200,000 starter property, then save up until you can get where you want to start. But the key is to start. Yeah. I hear so many people say, I can't afford, well, even with their own personal residence, this one is near and dear to me. I can't afford to buy a house. I'll argue to say you can't afford not to buy a house. Ooh. A house is a forced savings plan. First of all, it's yeah. a forced investment strategy and you need to live somewhere anyway. So when people say that they can't afford it, right? If you look long-term on a house, let's say you buy a house and you live in it for 20 years, that house within a 20 year time frame, maybe 30 in a, in a softer market should in fact pay for itself. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you paid $250,000 for a house in 20 to 30 years, the house should be worth $500,000 minimum. 
So realistically, how could you not afford that? Right. It's just that people don't want to put aside some of their their day-to-day conveniences, their coffee trips, their, you know, their car payment for a nicer car, things like that. Uh, they think that homes are overpriced. They're not. It's it's a it's a personal decision. Yeah. So real estate realistically does not cost you money. Even, I would totally agree with that. Even your own personal residence, right? Because you're yeah. going to pay someone rent. You have to pay to live yeah. somewhere. You might as well pay into your own investment. So the first investment for those folks that don't have their own home is to get their own home. Yeah. Whether it's small, big, whatever. Once you start that process and you're comfortable there, then you can go into the additional, um, you know, let's buy an investment property. The way that my wife and I did it is we we lived in each of our houses as we acquired them mm-hmm. and then moved to a bigger house and rented the previous house. Right. So for us that worked. What kind of what kind of down are you talking about? Do you, is there any reasoning behind doing it like that instead of just living in your current home and buying a house, renting that house out and then buying another house? Is there any purpose to moving into the house you purchased yeah if you're financing it one of the biggest things is it so if you bought just a rental house just as a planned rental house you're never going to live in it you're going to pay a higher interest rate on your loan because it's an investment property if you're buying a house to live in you're going to get a better rate the bank's going to you know give you just a, a much better deal so if you live in that house and then you move from that house to the next house, and your next house is your primary residence, mm-hmm. then you're going to get a good loan on that one. So not, they're not going to hold against you the house that you just moved out of that you're keeping? No. No, I mean, obviously you have to qualify for it. Right, and right, right. if you have proof that you're going to uh, have a lease on it, no, that's, that's the way it works. Mm. Um, having said that, you can always just outright buy a house to make it a rental. You're just going to probably pay another point and interest yeah it's not a big deal one way or the other but um for us for us that strategy worked don't you have Um, to put more money down too as far as uh an investment property per se a primary residence yes okay so you're looking instead of being able to get the the three percent or five percent conventional loan three percent fha loan or anything like that on a purchase you're looking at uh 20 percent down conventional loan on a investment property Generally. Cool. Yeah. And again, it depends. I, I think you should have a good relationship with a banker. Oh, yeah. That knows you, that knows your situation. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll go back to my initial statement of build enough margin in that you're comfortable, that you can sleep at night, that if something goes sideways, you're good. Um, there's many trains of thought out there. A lot of people like to buy uh the cheapest house they can find and just rent it out. I personally like to buy the most expensive rentals. And, and that's kind of why it lended to, we lived in it. We yeah. wanted to live in it. You've told me and that. And then we outgrew it. You've told me that personally, that um, I wouldn't buy anything investment, real realty wise investment purposes that I wouldn't live in myself. Correct. That And that's just my personal And that opinion. you couldn't live in based on the, your family size. I mean, you're a five head of family. So, right. So, like me, so you wouldn't live in a two-two, right? You know, you would if you had to make it work, but you didn't want to, so you're not going to purchase that for yourself, right? And I think it just lends to a different tenant too. Like I, 
people have always told me horror stories about how they don't want to be a landlord. I've been a landlord since I was 19 and I, I've had great tenants Yeah, because I have great properties, you know, or your dad was a <laughs> like check your background. <laughs> Actually, no. I never, I never checked. I never really did like a thorough background check on people. So that stuff's kind of don't recommend putting in the money to do all that stuff too on folks. Um, just I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend it. I probably would recommend it for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty good judge of character, and I just meet everybody in person. There you go, and I get a good feel, or or I don't. Face to face is the best way. Yeah, to judge somebody. I say judge. Maybe judging's bad, but just to get a sense of who somebody really is, when you stare, sit there, and look in their eyes, and have a conversation with them, and ask them some bold questions. Well, you have to give. In most states, you have to give everyone equal opportunity yeah. too. You can't, you know, just pick and choose who you want. So there is a an order. You know, who got the application in first mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, if it came down to it, and I had two equally equal people, then I might do a background check. Um, so you do have to be fair about it. Cool. What do you What do you say to the folks who don't want to move? So I'm in a situation where my wife actually like loves, loves, loves our house, um, and I absolutely love the neighborhood I'm in. My neighbors are incredible. Everybody's looking to stay for a long time and raise their families there. Um, we all have young kids, and we don't necessarily want to move. So we would have to purchase another home without moving to it. Um, even though it's not the absolute way, the best way to save money, you still uh, recommend it or not recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't have to live in your rental. That's just our, that was our method. Right. And we did it not even by design. It was just, that was the, what we could afford to do. Um, and then when we kind of outgrew our house, we wanted to move. It didn't make sense to sell the old house. It made sense to keep it as a rental. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of, I don't want to say by accident, but it also wasn't by design. It was just, that's what worked for us. To answer your question about your wife loves your house, you don't want to move, you don't want to move. Yeah, show her a better house. <laughs> She'll move. Yeah, the the whole, I, I think I could get away with showing her a better house, and she may think about moving, but once she starts think about the actual move, toast. Yeah. That's the, we've moved so much in the last 10 years that, uh, maybe even eight going across country a couple times and then uh, up here and then a couple times up here. And finally we're in a situation where we, we our house, we are incredibly blessed. The Lord has blessed us so much because uh, we came in in our house and, and locked in a price at the exact right time to, for it to benefit us significantly in equity. And like we're, this house has been nothing but a giant blessing to us, and <laughs> it's attached itself to every bit of my wife. So, well, you guys have been there less than a year too. I mean, this yeah. is a little premature even to be yeah considering it, but that's how quickly it attached. We um, we lived in one of our houses for two and a half months, <laughs> and then my wife stumbled across <laughs> an open house that she just loved, so we moved again. Yeah. I don't recommend, you know, taking your wife with you to open houses. <laughs> I don't recommend moving every two and a half months, but oh, um, man. W- you know, it's when there are know. moving companies, I guess. So that's the other thing. 
and I'm sure you've dealt with this with many of your clients. I deal with it with my clients all the time. I don't want to move. I don't like to move. Well, if you just made, you know, $400,000 in equity on your house, could you pay ten grand to have someone literally do all of it? I think so. I think so. I think so. And that's pretty enjoyable. And I've watched, I've seen the difference. I have always been the guy that's moved ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you uh, you get the pickup truck and the trailer and the dolly and your yeah. friends and neighbors. And I helped you move. Yeah. And it's not bad. But when you watch your neighbor do it and they call Mayflower and they show up and they're sitting and on they're their front <laughs> lawn drinking a coffee and a in a lawn chair. Or it's the afternoon and they're sipping a Mai Tai and they're button up Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And, all this other jazz. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And it you you get what you pay for. So if the money makes sense and you could hire a completely professional company where I mean they even take your car, everything. They'll probably be pack it better than you could ever do it anyway. I'm sure they do. Like your the 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 glasses you used to get from your happy meals <laughs> McDonald's. The return of the Jedi glasses that you're gonna keep forever. <laughs> You'll probably pack those a lot better than you would. You mean when we were moving you and just shoving stuff in the trailer, hoping it wouldn't fall over? We didn't do that. <laughs> stuff didn't fall out when we opened the door to the trailer. It just didn't fall on us. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm sure. And then somebody's replacing your items. It's hard to replace the Return of the Jedi 1982 glass cup. Yeah. You remember those? I do. That's pretty legit. I So when I was younger... Um, my dad had a friend, and he built he built custom homes, mm-hmm. and he moved every two years, so he could live in it. He'd build a home, live in it for two, and then he could you know sell it for the <clears throat> keep some of the capital gains sheltered a little bit. And uh, people always used to tell him, "Man, don't you get tired of moving every two years?" And he said, "No, wouldn't you move every two years for you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars?" Yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, just. Yeah. To build something and move. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah, on top of the money you made elsewhere. Yeah. So that that's would you mind sharing with us a little success story? And your you said you've been doing it since you were nineteen. Like how it's benefited you? Like is that something we can talk about on here? Yeah. Um, I don't know why. So why it's important? So this is narrow it down instead of just being so broad and digging into your finances. <laughs> so how thick is your wallet? Um, so what the benefits, uh, that you have now, since you've been doing it since you were 19, say real quick question, how many properties do you own Um, currently? Currently Mm -hmm. four. Okay. How many have you owned since you were 19 and turned over? Well, I, I bought the first one when I was 19. Okay. So you have four currently that you've had the entire time. Have you bought and sold in between? Um, flip basic, not flipped because we all have a HGTV version of flipped. So basically you turned over, um, some, uh, some equity into a different home. Yeah. I've never, I've never sold and not reinvested. So you've had a minimum of four. Yeah. And do you owe any money on those? No, I did. Exactly. I did, but not now. Okay. So, um, Give us a little example of the successes of um, not owing on four homes, the income uh, from renting those out, and how you're able to um, be a little bit more 
life, life is a little bit more pleasant. So the three rentals that I have um, currently are one's 2800 a month, one's 2600 a month, and one's 2100 a month. So that's that's mailbox money right there. They're all paid for. Mm-hmm. And it. I started with the first one when I was 19, like I told you. And um, 15, I always do 15-year mortgages. People will argue that you should, you can do 30, whatever. I, I disagree. I think 15 is nice. So you can pay things off in your lifetime and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so once I had the first one, uh, as a rental, it was doing fine. It was paying for itself. And then we lived in our second house. Then when we moved out of our second house into our third house, uh, and made it a rental, as soon as I paid off the first one, I took the rent from the first one and added it to the rent from the second one and put them together to pay off the second one quickly. Yeah. And then it just kind of that snowball, snowball effect. Yeah. Um, we're originally from California, so that's where that all started. When we moved to North Idaho a little over two years ago, um, I 1031'd one property from there to here. And my intention was to buy many more properties once I got here. Uh, we did sell our primary residence. We've outright sold that and bought a new primary up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time we've ever done that. I haven't been acquiring new rentals since we've been here because the move on our family was, was big. Yeah. I mean, new everything. And I just, I'm still not sure where I want to invest exactly at this point in time up here right now. But at this point, we would be buying the next rental in cash. That's um, awesome. And with interest rates where they are, I would even have to reevaluate that. I would probably put 20% down and finance the rest. Yeah. And then use the rent. Because ba- the, the interest rate, you want your money to basically, you want to keep your cash and Correct. get what basically is free money. Correct. Yeah. Uh, because we have probably too much margin now. That's something that I'm working on within myself. I spent so many years trying to get everything paid off. And now mm. that it is, mm. it's actually not <laughs> as efficient. Right. Because, but it's comfortable, but comfortable isn't the best. You know, you want to be stretched a little bit. Yeah. Um, which leads me into a point that I hear a lot of people say it. Oh, I would only rent my houses, my house if the uh, rent would cover everything, cover all expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree with that too. If, if you get a good tenant in there and they're paying good rent, even if it costs you money between the mortgage and insurance, mm-hmm. even if it costs you 500 bucks a month, for example, to keep that house as a rental, but your tenants are paying you three grand a month, that's three grand a month you would not have otherwise had as income. Right. So yes, it's costing you, but it's not. If you look at the big picture. So if you look at the long term, basically, regardless of the situation, you're still paying down on an investment that will. Long term, someone's giving you $3,000 a month and that same house is probably appreciating. Well, in this market. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a $300,000 house is appreciating what? One to 2% a month. Easily. Yeah. So do the math, math on that. That accompanied with the rent it's a it's a two for one yeah so i don't see how you could lose the way people lose is they put nothing down they you know stretch up their their monthly payment they don't plan for something that could happen they don't plan for a 
you know, a leaky pipe or a tenant has to move out early or right. something like that. And then it hits them hard. What's a good plan for that? What kind of money are you talking about setting aside? Are you talking about, cause I know that there's some, um, my wife and I went to the peace university that Dave Ramsey puts on. So he's, he talks about three months of all your bills put, save up three months of that, set it aside for investment opportunity, or you have an investment property, what kind of emergency funds are you setting aside for that? What does that look like? How is it easy? So I, I tell Martha, John and Larry out there who want to buy an investment property, you need to put this side, this set of um, this much of emergency funds. They're going to be like, well, what does that look like? So it's different, right? Um, and I'll give you an example. My house that I, my original house in California was built in 1947. Mm-hmm. Everything in it was old. So we replaced most of it, but it was still an old house. So that house would need more of an emergency right. fund than the house that we traded it for. So we sold that house in 1031, the money on a house up here that was built in 2015. Yeah, not too much worried so about it. So it doesn't need a roof. It doesn't need repiped. It doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question on that side of things, it depends on the property. Is there a general, depending on the property percentage that you go on, like say if it's an old home, I need at least, uh, I don't know, it, not even a percentage because you don't have any value to go on. But uh, say if it's an if it's an old home, I need a bare minimum of the cost of a new roof. Just and you hold it there, or is it like what are you putting in there? Because I know that there's a, a certain amount that you're going to keep set aside for these homes. What does that look like? I would say um, in the early days, I thought about doing that, but I've always lived uh, well below my means. So I wasn't worried about it, honestly. Uh, gotcha. So I didn't really set a percentage. Every dollar I, every dollar that I've ever made from my rentals, I've put back into mortgage payments to mm-hmm. of paying off early, in, which includes my own house. Um, if I didn't have that buffer from another successful career, then maybe I would have probably penciled it. If I was just a real estate investor only no other income then yeah i would each house would probably have a percentage yeah and a and a contingency plan on if this then that yeah but at the point where i'm at now i'll just cash flow whatever yeah so so to let everybody know out there that you got to really understand the fact of no matter what how old you are when you start no matter where you're at when you start if you dump all the money back into those properties, you did it when you were 19. You started when you're 19. You're 45, 45 now. You got me by two years. You're 45 now, and you are collecting mailbox money. That's yep. your term. Yeah. Yeah, because you, um, not because uh, you are able just to be wealthy. You're not just one of those people, I'm wealthy because I didn't do anything. I just got money. I sold one giant house and now I'm, well, it's not that you busted it when you were 19. You um, didn't take all the funds and go spend it on (laughs) getting in line at the club in LA and stuff like that. You uh, thought about your future um, and you put your, all your funds back into your investments, which are now like seriously paying off. Yeah. And it's an investment for a reason, right? Yeah. You you played baseball. Yeah. You didn't get better if you didn't put in the time. 100%. Right? 
It's that way in life. Yeah. And uh, all of our properties, I fixed. I mean, we started. I didn't have the money to, to have it painted. I painted it myself. And I learned all this from my parents. We did everything ourselves. And um, now it's to the point where I could hire out most of these services, but I still do it myself <laughs> because I like the relationship with the tenants. Yeah. I like to go over there and I don't, I only go if they call. I see how that would show that them that you are actually, you're just, you care about yeah. what you have and what you're allowing them to have. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, so one of the rentals here, again, the 2015 house, uh, the tenant called and it was one of our hot days, hundred degrees. And, they said, man, the air conditioner is, is not blowing cold air. And I thought, man, that's strange. It, it's a new unit. Yeah. It's a new house. So I was busy. I had a couple of showing going on. Otherwise, I would have just driven over myself. Yeah. Because um, there's a family in there. You know, you don't want them without air conditioning. So I said, well, I'll call a heating and air company that I trust. And uh, they went over there. And these tenants had only been in the house like four or five months. Heating and air goes over there, and he called me, and he said, Corey, the filter yeah. doesn't look like it's been changed in a while. So the unit froze itself up. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, but I did pay, you know, 150 bucks for a service call that should have been a $12 filter. Yeah. The tenant was beside himself. I should have checked that. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was my responsibility. And I said, well, look, it didn't get dirty in three months. It was from the previous tenant, and it's actually my my mistake, we transitioned that house from one tenant to the next the same day. Mm. So literally they passed in the driveway and yeah. I just, I missed it. And the previous tenant didn't ever check it. So yeah. it's just one of those things. Um, again, normally I would have went over myself, yeah. looked at it, said, oh, here's a filter. Here's a half dozen of them, change them every, every three months. Yeah. Um, but you have to take care of your tenants. And they were very appreciative of, the air conditioning was working that afternoon. Yeah. That that may or may not have happened to us <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when it was seriously hot. There, there's a filter in our upstairs yeah. that uh, I did not know that existed because I don't go up there that much. And I thought I only had to change the fil- the big one uh, down in the main hallway. And uh, come to find out there's one up there. And if you don't change that one periodically like you're supposed to, it'll shut down the entire because we got the dual zone. Yep. Yeah, it'll shut down the entire system. So I had to shut it off for eight hours and let it thaw out. Yeah, and then go buy some new filters. Yeah, felt pretty manly that day. Because it, it's one of those things, man, you're like, I'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> but I see on a rental property, you probably want to. Well, time moves quick too, it. right? Your house. I keep thinking you've been, I feel like I, we just helped you move. Yeah. But that was. It's uh, November, so it's seven, eight months. Yeah. Which is, that's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And people think, oh, brand new house, it should be fine. No. Actually, there's a lot of debris in a brand new house. Uh, well, think of new construction. So we got a new construction home, right? And when you helped us move in, what did the whole neighborhood look like? The whole neighborhood was dirt. Yeah. And so once the winter thawed out, the whole neighborhood was dirt and dust. So we literally, um, a month ago, our entire street now has grass. So we don't have dust flying all over it, but there's my house is a little darker shade of paint <laughs> than it normally was from the dust. So my next investment is going to be a pressure cleaner. But um, yeah, so now when we start changing our filters, it, it's a little bit, we don't have to 
do them as frequently as we were. Man, they would get they, those things would get, and they cause like no air sucks. Oh yeah, when it gets, I'm from Florida. You ain't got AC. You up a creek, man. It's not a major problem here in the summer. It feels like it to be. My, I get scared when my AC goes up. Heat, Just, would, heat would be a problem. Yeah. In the winter. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a lot more significant issue then. Yeah. We lo- we lost power uh, when we had that windstorm last winter. And, uh, That's right. So we were without power for, I think, it was only like 24 hours. But I was concerned that the house would freeze. And uh, it didn't. Yeah. It it got down to, uh, what did it get down to? 60 inside after 24 hours of no heat. It's not really a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't comfortable, but that's. You slept colder in a tent. Nowhere near worrying about. I was just worried about the pipes freezing. Oh, and, yeah. And stuff like that. I agree. So, a little rabbit hole. Yeah. But, yeah, no, real estate as an investment, I don't, I can't think of much better. I can't wait, there. man. I can't, you know, I've been plugging you with info for info for a month or two after we met. And uh, once we got situated in our careers and that's all I want to do, you know, and fortunately get to um, get to do that here in the next few months. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'll, we'll just close this segment off by saying uh, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. There are people that I, that I see are in a perfect opportunity to invest and it stresses them out so much, just the thought alone of having a house with a tenant in it, that they can't even function. So for them, it's a terrible idea. Right. Um, but for other people, it's a great idea. There's I, a lot of people that I know that are extremely, um, I wouldn't you say the word wealthy, that are extremely happy <laughs> right now because of the investments they made um, in real estate. And just mailbox money. Absolutely. Perfect way to say it. And you can invest in many things. Um, That's just the route I chose. Yeah. But as long as you enjoy it and it doesn't cause you, you know, to lose sleep at night, invest in what makes you comfortable. There you go. There's plenty of things that are, that do well. And that's our time with Corey Ray. (laughs) Now, uh, so let's move on to um, something we include probably on every podcast, which is, uh, what did you do fun in our area or where did you eat? You start. Oh man. I haven't, re- we haven't really gone or done anything lately. I was going to hope that you lean on you for that, but we, uh, see, where did we eat? We ate at, uh, Bell's this morning. Yeah. Always, that's, always that, good. That's a go-to. The, so if you're not from our area, Bell's is, uh, um, a little plaza restaurant, um, breakfast and lunch restaurant off of Lancaster, right at the intersection of Lancaster and 95. And uh, the owners there own Chompers as well, and that's a big, huge breakfast staple in our area off of Prairie. And uh, pretty much the same uh, lineup as of breakfast food, a little bit different, but uh, atmosphere is just the same, and it's phenomenal. It's a, it's, it's a go-to. You have to eat there yeah, for breakfast. Yeah, that place is great. Yeah. We're uh we're going to this Friday night Cedars. I've never been. It's Ooh. the floating restaurant. Yeah. Out off Blackwell Island. Wow, um, you have to tell me about that. So I've never been. Heard good things about it. Yeah. But I mean, how could you not eat at a floating restaurant? My uh my wife, uh to talking about a place what have you where have you been lately? Um my wife took the kids on an impromptu Silverwood trip the other day and 
Um, Silverwood is a, it's a theme park. It's got the water park and the amusement park tied together. Um, but uh, the 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 passes that you, the yearly passes that you can buy are very very affordable. And um, if you buy them, you know, I think it's like a gold pass or something. You can buy and it'll cover you and your kids. You just go whenever you want. You just walk in and beep. You, you just walk in and go to the amusement park anytime you want to during the day, the water park or the amusement park, and do what you got to do and come home. We just went Tuesday. Oh, yeah? Um, my wife got uh, tickets through some sort of organization for schooling, and it was a, you know, that was the day to go or whatever. And my son had uh, some things that he was doing, and I was down at Windermere for a sales meeting, and mm-hmm. I said, well, we'll just meet there. So, yeah, we did what you said. My wife went, and then I went, and then my son went. And uh, Cooper, our oldest, he said, Dad, I have to pay for a parking? I said, yeah, we have three cars in parking. <laughs> They're $5 each. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever been to Disneyland or yeah. anywhere else, it's I think it's $25 per car. That's insane. So uh, Silverwood's a lot of fun, and it's surprisingly affordable. And surprisingly clean, surprisingly well-ran. Yeah. Um, everybody there is, uh, it's a, it's a, this might be, I don't know. It's a Disneyland experience in a smaller environment, more, more family oriented. Um, it is a family owned establishment. Um, and they promote it like that. And guess what? It's 15 minutes from my house. Yeah. It's, you're even closer. It's a fun place. If you have an RV, you can RV. Oh man. They have an RV park across the highway. And that place is pretty. Yeah, it's an it's a nice setup. Yeah, they have uh, they have this ice cream station that we learned about Dude. this last trip. Yeah, six ninety nine for what they call a normal. It's serving. a box of ice cream on a cone. It was, I think, I think six scoops. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. I got the kids cone because I like those. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I don't like the waffle cones. I like the the other. You know, cake, what I'm talking. yeah, cake the cone. cake cone or whatever. Um, <laughs> So I get one of those just because I like that cone better. And, like, the amount of ice cream that someone could possibly fit. If you think about that, that's what you get from that place. Well, they put it upside down in a bowl because it the cone. Yeah, it'll fall off. The cone's just like a joke. It is kind of funny. If you sit around the entrance to that place, there's a bunch of uh, stone bench seating or yeah, whatever. With on the ice cream all over it. <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids get halfway through in one lick and it's off because yeah. it weighs like five pounds. But yes. the the pricing is crazy. Yeah, six. What I think it's six ninety nine. So seven bucks for a half a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's literally a box of ice cream. It's yeah. It's insane, and it's so good. Oh my gosh. But that's uh, we went to in the back corner. They have this all you can eat uh, barbecue buffet thing. Yes. And man, it closed thirty minutes before we got oh, there. Oh no, I've eaten there. It's so good. Is it good? Yes, it's good. That's, Meat is actually surprisingly good. That's a good value for your, I think it was 15 bucks. Everything there is uh, surprisingly good. You're like, we literally went and got the the all-you-can-eat deal, and we're like, man, I'm going to pay out, though. You know what, for this. Nope. 15 bucks. Extremely affordable. Yeah. For you and all your kids. You just go, you can go, and you have a wristband. You can come back. If you come back in a certain time, you could eat again. It's amazing. Plus, they have their new ride, Stunt Pilot. Ooh. Did you go on it? No, my wife and son did, and I stayed back with our daughter. Yeah, I was gonna go, but then we, you know, one thing led to the next, and we went yeah. to another ride. But that's what that's my uh, to do list. My my oldest wants me to go on that with him. 
We'll see. It looks fun. It does look fun. So. Um, you want to, uh, let's do one thing where <laughs> we said we'd make each other laugh before we came in here. So tell me one thing that makes you laugh. Something that like seriously makes your gut hurt from laughing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll, there's many things. Yeah, I, I figured. I'll tie it in with our Silverwood. So in Silverwood, uh, they have the little speakers everywhere and they're playing that <laughs> old timey music. Right? Yes. So my daughter, I don't know where she came up with this. She's standing there and she puts her thumbs in her like in her belt loops and she starts doing this like old timey jig like river dance thing. <laughs> and I said, Where did you learn that? And she didn't know, but it yeah. was I have a video of it. It's the funniest thing ever. She's just standing there doing the jig doing this <laughs> this old timey banjo dance routine. And uh the other thing she does is she calls her brothers uh fellas. Oh yeah. She's like, Hey fellas. Hey fellas. <laughs> just cracks me up. <laughs> My daughter calls her brothers boys. Hey boys. Yeah, she <laughs> she does that too. You know what makes me laugh? <laughs> when a grown human being, especially the male species, is in full sprint in a onesie. <laughs> we may or may not have seen that this morning. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw. <laughs> in a Christmas onesie, full sprint. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It does, man. I'm so appreciative of that. But anyway... Uh, that made me laugh today. Yeah, that was a Cousin Eddie experience <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was <laughs> missing the earmuffs, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, this is Corey and Scooter with Lake CDA Real Estate. Um, if you want to contact Corey Ray, what's your uh, what's your interweb Corey, connection? Corey Ray at Windermere.com. That's your email. What yep. do you, what's your website? Corey Ray Real Estate.com. And uh, ScooterGillis.com and ScooterGillis at Windermere.com. You can email me um, and all our phone contact information is on there. And there's other team members if you've been listening and feel that uh, <laughs> feel that they uh, would serve you better than we can. Um, no comment. <laughs> but we love them. But, uh, yeah, we're there for you. For any real estate needs, contact us. And we'll be seeing you. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Good night. Helping you find your happy place in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Lake CDA Real Estate is a team of successful professionals committed to helping you elevate your quality of life.